coming up on this episode of Up for Debate. We're brand we're debuting a brand new short format, which means we got to get to this quick. It's the No Fun League. Why the NFL ratings are down? We're going to figure out why right now on Up for Debate. This is Up for Debate, episode number 65, recorded November 17th, 2016. The No Fun League. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the show that gets you a hot take in 20 minutes or less. Guaranteed, I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the uh, by the man who gets 15 yards for excessive celebration, Mr. Matt Mariani. What, what would right, be your touchdown Sean. dance, Matt? Oh, my touchdown dance would probably be a little something like this. Some some jazz fla- flashing the hands, headlights. The jazz, jazz hands, hands. yes. Yeah, headlights. And then a little bit of jazz. I dance. think miming would probably be the lamest one you could come up with. Like I'm in a glass box. <laughs> I scored a touchdown. You know, pulling the rope and the you know getting blown over by the wind. I don't know. I think planking is pretty bad. Ooh, has anyone done planking that as an NFL touchdown touch- dance? No, they haven't. But that would be, that would be. Oh. You know what? Maybe that would be my my touchdown dance of choice. You could also do the um the the fish the uh the the fl- the flopping the fish. worm. Or the worm, something like that. Yeah, that gets you a penalty. I will say the best one ever has already been done. And that's T.O. pulling out the Sharpie, signing the ball, and tossing it to the audience. I couldn't come up with... T.O. has done some classic... I couldn't do anything better than that. Or when he when um, he famously in, in Dallas ran to the star in the middle of the field yep. and kneeled with the ball. And made a little... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, little, he was doing the snow angel. Oh, mm-hmm. man. That's... Uh, on Thanksgiving, he very famously also, I remember he scored a touchdown. He ran over, probably my favorite T.O. celebration. He ran over to the um, the bucket, the Salvation Army bucket. They had like a prop Salvation Army bucket, and he dunked the ball in the bucket like he was donating it. So good. Yep. So good. Back when the yep. NFL used to be fun. Well, before we get to that, Matt, I want to very quickly bring up the winter movie draft. Uh, actually, two things I want to bring up. We'll start with the Winter Movie Draft. Ongoing, if you didn't listen, it was the last episode before this, number 64. We did the draft with our fantastic um, our fantastic group of players, including yourself, Colby, Dan, Mike, mm, Sarah, and Phil, who all graciously agreed to participate. We got a quick update for you on the scores up to this point. Um, in first, pl- Well, in last place or tied for last place, all with $0, Colby, Dan, and Sarah, but that's okay. They've got plenty of movies left. Uh, And actually, most of them will be on the board uh, next weekend. Um, In third place, Phil, with $24 million from Arrival, but that was just opening weekend. It'll be quite higher after we get this weekend. Mike is in second place, with Trolls having $93 million. And in first place, with a whopping 152, could probably already be up to 200 by now, uh, it would be you, Matt, with the Doctor himself, Mr. Doctor Strange. You have a big movie opening this weekend, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yes. Everyone should go uh, see it. Help Matt. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I plan on helping all of my movies. Um, <laughs> you guys have a good slate. I, I actually haven't gotten around to see Doctor Strange yet. Mm. Um, I heard it was very good. I, I understand you, you saw it. Yeah, my, my, the best recommendation I would give you is make the effort to see it in a theater. Okay. It is my favorite visual effects movie since Avatar. Really? They did a okay. really because it's it's trippy and it's cool and the 3D is really good. I saw it in IMAX 3D, which was really good. Um, and so I would uh, I would say it's worth the extra effort to go to the theater and see it. Um, overall, yeah. overall, I would say in terms of the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is really great. It's 
Actually, all the Tilda Swinton's awesome, underrated. She was really good in that. If you like Iron Man or any of the kind of Marvel origin stories, it's very cookie cutter. I mean, you'll mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it. Basically, it's not as good as Iron Man, but it's better than Ant Man. So it's kind of better than Thor. So it's kind of in that not okay. as probably on par, I would say on par with the first Captain America, which was okay. pretty good. See, I really, I really like the first Captain America. Yeah, so uh, it, it's a, it's a really solid origin story. Nothing revolutionary. The effects were were really good. I would say. Yeah. All right. I'd I'd like to to go out and see that. Obviously, Fantastic Beasts helped my cause out. I'll make a trip to see that at some point and arrive, you know, to give a helping hand out to Phil. But Arrival um, is supposed to be reviews are really good. Very good movie. The reviews coming out are really good. Yep. Now that was the the movie with Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. No, you're thinking of Passengers. That's coming out later. This is Amy Adams. Passengers. This is the this is the movie um, with the big alien, but it's also science. With the languages, the the linguist yep. played by Amy Adams, the ink, the yeah. ink circles, yeah. She understands the alien language. Yeah, I guess there's a big twist in the middle. I haven't read what it is yet. There's a big twist in the, yeah, in the middle or in the end. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like a like a good one to see too. Um, yeah, actually. I'm surprised. There, there's a pretty strong lineup for this winter. Yeah, they're so far as I think the movies are looking better than the summer movie. Well, you know, it, in terms of quality, it's a new phenomenon that movie companies used to think summer was the only time people went to movies, and they're wising up that that's not the case, and they're spreading the love more, and they're putting more blockbusters in the fall. January, February is still pretty dead. But certainly October, November, yeah. December are, you know, uh, Star Wars coming out in December, I think is a big deal yeah. when episode seven did it. Now, a lot of the Harry Rogue Potter One. movies yes. came out. They're getting much. Marvel is now the starting winter. to, they're, they're now permanently doing a fall movie every year. So that's, mm-hmm. um, that's been a big shift over the last couple of years. So I think you'll see it get better. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and you can follow along all winter, by the way, on our website, upfordebate.tv slash movies. It's updated weekly. And of course, follow us on Twitter and we tweet. Uh, at Up for Debate TV when there are updates. Now, Matt, one other thing I want to mention before we get into the National Football League, and that is that we're trying something new with the show. We're doing a new shorter format episode. We're going to shoot for about 20 minutes per episode. We used to do an hour, and we got some feedback, which I agree with and you agree with, that you know our topics are good, but it's kind of hard to fill an hour with them. So we'd rather hit more topics in shorter periods of time, a little easier for people who already listen to a zillion podcasts, yeah. squeeze us into their days, um, this may mean make it a fun size, make it fun size. And this also means, by the way, when we have off weeks, like last week where we didn't do a show, we'll be able to fill it in with more episodes. So we'll be more consistent about when we do these. So, um, because we'll tape a couple in one night and then we'll have backup. So I think overall it'll work pretty well. So yeah. we'd love your feedback. If you like it or don't like it, let us know up for debate TV at gmail.com. Okay, Matt. Okay. The National football league. Yes. Have you heard of it? I feel like this topic has been a long time coming. Um, let's talk. All right, NFL, we need to have a talk. Yeah, yeah. come on over, sit on my knee. <laughs> we need to have a stern talking to. Yes, Matt, the National Football League is having some troubles this year. Their ratings are down, down more than they ever have been in a single year. It's a noticeable drop in ratings. Now, what's interesting is we had a mini discussion on this, you and I, off air a couple weeks ago. And actually, the situation has changed since. But let me let me do the early part first, which is that 
Lots of people have lots of theories as to why ratings are down. And we'll talk about most of them. Everything from the election to millennials aren't watching regular TV to the games are boring to too much officiating to uh, there are a lot of theories. Interestingly enough, ratings are down. At one point, it was about 11, 15 percent, depending on the week on average, uh, which is noticeable. Past elections, it was closer to about 7, 8 percent. So it is pretty high. But interestingly enough, this first NFL weekend after the election was over, the ratings recovered somewhat. They're still down, but they did recover, which does lend some credence. I would also argue, though, this weekend had much better games than the last couple weekends did as well. We had big matchups with uh, Dallas-Pittsburgh, uh, New England-Seattle. Um, there was one other one that, oh, the, the Denver-Saints uh, game was really close. Um, I think a lot better matchups. But Matt... Why do you think, we know for a fact less people are watching the NFL. Why? What is the matter with the NFL that they're not attracting the eyeballs they used to? The most popular sport in America. Um, well, first of all, uh, you mentioned Bengals. That was a very close game as well. Yep. By one point this past week. Um. I, my, my number one thing, and this, this obviously, you know, we can talk, we're, we're going to talk all segment over um, the multitude of issues that could be causing this phenomenon with the NFL. But I really think it has a lot to do with the injuries. I think that excessive injuries to quality players is impacting the quality of play on the field. And it's, I think, I think that more than anything else is kind of, um, driving people to stop watching the the games. I think that when you have players that you love and you're a fan of the team and you're a fan of the players, you buy their jerseys and you sit and you watch the game, you want to see those players on the field. And if you if those feel if those players are not on the field, you know, if you're a real hardcore fan, of course, yes, you'll still watch your team play. But I think that you won't be as zealous. Or this is really for the middle of the line the fans that are like not truly hardcore fans of that team, but will still just watch it because it's a football game. I think if they see like, oh, you know what, like Tom Brady's not playing this week, this game is going to suck. They'll turn it off. Or like, all right, Aaron Rodgers is hurt again. You know what, this game is going to suck. They turn it off. Um, I think it tunes out a lot of those like neutral parties. You know, because obviously if you're, you're a diehard Patriots fan or you're a diehard Packers fan. Whether whether Brady or Rodgers is in the game, you're still going to watch them. You're still going to watch your team. But if they're not playing and you're not a fan of either team, but you just want to watch a good game, you might think that the quality is going to suffer and be like, eh, I'll do something else with my time. And by the way, when those key players are out, the quality does usually suffer. So you're not wrong. But Matt, yeah. I might challenge you back on that because what's interesting about the ratings is they're down a lot this year. Do you think there are more injuries this year? Because what I'm trying to figure yes. out is... So, so I think there are more injuries. I think that... I I, think I, I, maybe that's not statistically true. This is not something that I've done any true. research about. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, um, uh, just in terms of when, like, when I look at my own fantasy lineup, it just seems like a lot of the players are injured not drastically more than last year, but noticeably more than last year. And I think it's been steadily increasing for the past 10 seasons or so. Sure. And there, there's actually a theory as to why that is, by the way. And that is because um, most people would say, well, more officiating means less injuries. But they've also adjusted the preseason workout rules. And they believe those 
they actually shortened the amount of preseason practice, and they think that means the players aren't as well conditioned and they aren't as prepared to you know avoid bad hits and you know other associated football things that cause injuries. So there you've is also got, a theory. Yeah, yeah you've, you've got also extended seasons too. I mean, ever since Thursday night football became a thing, oh, Thursday I think night's hard. You've noticed a, a definitely an, an absolutely increase in injuries. You know, because you have you have obviously just that's less time between games. You know, a team can play on Sunday night and then have to play again on Thursday instead of getting the entire week to rest, um, and that could definitely impact impact players. I think that's fair. Um, I do, and I. You know, that was one theory I had was that I feel the star power of the NFL is down. Now, part of that's injuries, right? Because when stars get hurt, it hurts the league. But also, you know, I I follow football pretty closely, more so than any other sport. I have fantasy football. I watch football all day Sunday. I'm a relative. I don't know who half these players are. They, they're not. I mean, you used to have these days where you would know players by name. And now it's like the these partly because of injuries and partly because just they don't stand out as they're replaceable and they don't stand out as much, but you're like, who's the running back. He's the third string guy. I've never, who is this guy? You know? And and I think that takes away some of the attractiveness, especially to games. As you mentioned, it's not about the game your team plays in that the NFL is worried about. They're worried about the primetime games that your team isn't playing in, but they still want you to tune in because football in general is interesting. And if you don't have any star, you know, you see, they say, you know, Sunday night football and they show the commercial. And they always have the picture of like the star, the two big stars of each, the one star of each team. It's getting to the point where I'm like, who is that? You know, it's like it's like the kicker is the star. I'm like, oh, who, who is on these teams anymore? Especially yeah. some of these more mediocre teams. So I, I I struggle with that piece as well. If there's if there's nothing grabbing me to the game other than it's simply football, I, I just don't think it's enough. Yeah, I totally agree, and that that also comes with the injuries. It comes also. With the suspensions, I think that, you know, we can't leave the suspensions out of this either. Um, Suspensions are leading to some um, missing players on the field, especially stars. Um, You know, uh, as the NFL starts to take a tougher stance on um, issues, most of them social and domestic issues that their players are doing off the field, um, also a little bit on the field as well. But I think it's mostly off the field conduct that lands a lot of these star players in trouble and they miss playtime because of it. And when they miss playtime, I think that, you know, your viewership also suffers. Nobody wants to tune into the game and be like, ah, yes, uh, Le'Veon Bell, he got his just desserts. No, they want to see Le'Veon Bell play. Well, you know? as we identify these problems, and I think we've done a good job so far, we also have to follow it up with. Can the NFL do anything about it or should they do anything? The injuries, yes. I think they should make adjustments to Thursday night football and maybe schedule bye weeks after Thursday night footballs more often and and adjust the practice time. I think they can do that. The suspensions piece is a really tough one to address. And the NFL has not historically been good at it. But when you have people with domestic violence and you have people abusing drug policies, look, you can agree with the policy or not. It's the policy. They're the rules. You knew it going in. I don't know how you avoid the suspension. I agree, it doesn't help the game, but it's also I don't think anything the NFL can yeah. do about that. It's very much a catch twenty two. Um, you know, players do have to abide by a specific code of conduct when sure. they're on the field, um, and violating that should carry um, and should merit you know a, fa- a serious you know consequences. Otherwise, the conduct can't be enforced properly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I'm not saying a, a result of that, you know, isn't going to be that the play is going to suffer. I think a result of that is that the quality of play obviously will suffer because of that. So it's really a catch-22 that the NFL has to try to resolve. Um, well, a cor- It's a corner that they've painted themselves in. I, I think as they, and they've already admitted that they're going to look into this, the, the marijuana use I think is going to be an interesting case for them. If they take that out of the drug use policy, I think that would make a big difference in suspension because there was a healthy amount of suspensions for that. But, you know, honestly... I agree that player suspension is an issue, but I feel on the field penalties, I feel are just as big, if not more of an issue for the quality of the game. Um, I, you know, I, I don't sit and watch. It's hard to sit and watch through an NFL game. There are so many penalties and I get most of them, but it's just, I don't, it's really hard with these rules the way they are now, where it's, it's a very fine line between what is and is not a penalty that you can't, they're going to call it more often than they're not. And that makes it a really tough game. Throwing in, as we mentioned at the beginning with our, our you know touchdown celebrations, when they're flagging you for celebrations and for getting in a guy's face and for tossing a towel at a ref and you know this new two personal fouls get you ejected rule. Um, you know, they are setting up a game to reduce fun and increase time. NFL games are longer than they've ever been. These yeah. games are long, and that's because there's constant fact. stoppage. That sucks. Like, I'll give <laughs> soccer credit. They don't stop. They don't even have a halftime. Wait, do they have a halftime in soccer? They do. They okay. have a halftime. They have a halftime, yep. but they don't stop. They have, two, they have two halves. Two halves and the halftime in between. And then they just pack time on the end, just random amounts of time. It's crazy. Yeah, they, I mean, I never really understood that. The, the, <laughs> the times they tack on the end seem in soccer seem very arbitrary and confusing. Um it has to do with stoppage and how often I the know. ball went out of bounds. Anyway, back to real football. <laughs> um, uh, in the NFL, yeah, you do have a lot of stoppage. You do have a lot of um, of, of penalties. Um, the past, I think, the past three seasons have excelled um, in break. They've they've broken the previous season's record for most penalties called um, in a season by far. Mm-hmm. Um, so penalties are getting called a lot more often. That's also coming when you, you know, when you add more things that can be bonafide as a penalty to your list, yep. um, which is what the NFL seems to do every year. Uh, part of that is to reduce injury, um, which it's like all of these things that we're talking about are consequences of each other. Like the NFL is calling more penalties so that there will be fewer injuries. Um, and the NFL is reducing suspensions so there will be fewer penalties in games. Like they're all trying to – they're trying to – they're making up these these situa- – they're creating situations designed to counteract other situations. But in reality, they kind of sometimes they're, – They're patching holes they in the Titanic first. here. I, you know, yeah, it, it's a leaky ship. And part of the problem is that – these these penalties that are created for player safety, some of the like blocking penalties, so now you can't hit players in certain places. The head to head com, you know, rules, which I understand for concussions, but to be honest, I honestly don't believe they make a giant impact because it, it, we're seeing an increase in penalties. So they're still doing the hits; they're just getting now penalized for it. So all that do- it doesn't make the game safer. All it does is reduce the enjoyment of the game because it's constantly stopping. This year, the Oakland Raiders broke an NFL record for the most penalties in a single game, 26. You know what, Matt? They won that game. 
They won that <laughs> game and got 26 penalties. What does that say? That's insane. Um, so I just... <sighs> You, you, you got to do a better job of, of, of establishing these rule books in a way that you call obvious penalties. You don't call every penalty. And, and I look, I know it's a lose-lose for the refs. I'm not blaming the refs, frankly. I don't think they're doing a bad job. I think they're doing the job they're told to do. When the NFL says there's a focus on player celebration, they have to call it because there's a focus, right? But I think the, right. the referee should be left up on the field to call when it's a penalty. Pass interference they should have more leeway on the field and not be questioned when they don't call it because they were there and we get to see it in 100 angles at eight different replay speeds. And of course, at that point, everything looks like pass interference. So, you know, then they should call it every time. I don't know. I just get... The penalties discussion frustrates me because that's just a rule book issue and that's easy to fix. You know, the the, the suspensions for misdeeds is hard to fix, right? Because that's, that's human personality and that's always going to happen. The rule book's easy. It's your rule book. Yeah. Just go in and fix it. You know, yeah. Penalties have become so closely interwoven into the fabric of the NFL. Uh, I, a, a really good example of this happening, I think, was two or three weeks ago. It was the Saints 49ers game. Mm -hmm. And there was a situation in that game where the 49ers actually used a penalty to their advantage. Um, the Saints were in um, the red zone. They were going to score with seconds remaining in the uh, second quarter. Uh, time ticking down and all of the 49ers secondary lined up against the receivers intentionally, every one of them intentionally caused pass interference so that pass interference would be called rather than give even give the Saints the opportunity to score a touchdown pass interference would be called, thereby um, uh, basically it got the it got them the, the Saints up further to closer to the goal line. But what it did was take time off the clock. Yep. And in that time, I think it reduced the time to eight seconds. And the Saints were forced to go for a field goal rather than attempt the the uh, the, touchdown. the touchdown. So yeah, they're actually using penalties to as a, as a viable strategy. When, when penalties become part of your playbook, that's yeah. that blows. Then I'm sorry, that doesn't crazy. make for a good sport. I, no. I don't care who you are. And that's... it becomes like this like Machiavellian chess match that like. And you know who's going to win that chess match? Bill Belichick. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's the most Machiavellian of them all. Oh my god, that dude's so evil. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, the the sort of. Last point I wanted to hit on as we hit up against our new shortened time limit is that I think another interesting argument is this millennials don't watch TV argument that most people these days don't watch, whether you're cord cutters, whether you're like me and you watch Red Zone all Sunday, and so you're not actually tuning into the game, so the ratings look down even though you're watching it. Um, you know, this is the first year Twitter is streaming games online. Most of the games are streamed online, of course, you know, if, uh, most of the primetime games, if you have ESPN access or things like that, you can watch primetime games, which don't count towards ratings. Um, Matt, do you think, regardless of the quality of play, regardless of the players, regardless of the teams or the standings, um, do you think just TV viewing habits are are hitting the NFL like it is most of television? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the evidence is there. Uh, a lot of people are watching games like you said, streamed online. Um, 
And those games are obviously not accounted for in the traditional ratings, but um, the television ratings, that is. I would argue ratings. that, but I'd also argue they're watching something else. I mean, when, when you have so many other options, especially on th- times like Sunday nights, um, which Sunday night football has taken the biggest rating hits of, of all the NFL games, um, I compl- I don't watch, I just don't watch as much football as I used to. And I love football. I just don't watch it. Part of it is the penalties and the slow games and the players and all that. But part of it's just that I'm watching Netflix or I'm watching HBO or I'm watching a zillion other things. I'm on Twitter. I'm, it, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I just, I get it. As soon as they said that, I'm like, I get it because I'm the test case. I just don't watch the NFL that much because I just don't sit for four hours and watch a football game. Even yeah. when my team's in it, I don't watch the whole game. I'm bouncing around between channels. I'm on my phone. Maybe football is taking more of a niche form. Like, it's losing its mainstreamness, its mainstream identity in American TV culture. And it's it's maybe it's maybe it's taking a more niche form. Maybe maybe the people that watch football are are now becoming, you know, in, in the millennial generation especially, are like the real students of the game. The ones that, you know, grew up with it, the ones that understand it to a T, um, the ones that, you know, have followed it since birth and will continue to follow it. And maybe it's it's really just not drawing in um, the crowds that it used to, like you said, because there are so many other things to tune into. Well, and the NFL has very little wiggle room in the ratings because, A, they charge a fortune to these networks to air it. And if the ratings go down below a certain point, it's not financially viable, but... You got to remember, if a baseball game gets low ratings, it's okay. They play over a hundred of them yeah. per team. In football, you only have sixteen weeks to get this right. Like there is a very small margin of error. You don't, you can't get away with these kinds of low ratings. The NFL is built on, you know, it's it's kind of like a Bernie Madoff system where you know it collapses if you don't keep pumping money into it. Like I'm afraid if the NFL, if their ratings hit a certain low point, it is not built to sustain that. This is a, a machine built to simply grow. So I just think that I agree the ratings are partly down because of just general TV viewing habits, but other sports are going to be okay in that case, and other TV channels are going to be okay in that case. The NFL is not, I think, going to be okay if the ratings continue in the way they're going because it is just a TV-based sport, way more than baseball is, way more than basketball is. Again, because of that limited slate of games, because there's so many national games, because of just the hype and all of this, billion-dollar franchises, the whole thing. I don't know what the NFL is going to do if they can't fix some of these problems. Some of them they can fix. We agree, right? Some of the penalty stuff, some of the player safety, injury stuff. Um, I don't know how they fix how they get football in front of more eyeballs. Maybe streaming online is part of that and being in more places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did a really good job of getting distracted there. Actually kind of reminded me that I uh, forgot to set my fantasy lineup this week. Oh, no. Do you have anyone on uh, New Orleans? Yep, Cam, Cam Newton's playing right now. Cam Newton's playing right now. He's 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 in my bench. No, I, I got him playing. Okay. Well, well, do you have a, so another I, quarterback? What's up? Do you have another quarterback, or is he your only? Well, I have, I have, no, he's yeah, I have him in the in the game. Mariota's my backup, but Ooh, I have Cam. He might have been good to play this. Who's who's Tennessee playing this week? They're playing the Colts. Uh, playing. I, I, he... I in that situation, I still I think I still would have picked Cam. The Saints' defense sucks. So. That's true, but he's been. <laughs> 
He's been. He's really. Been, he's really been awful. He's really. Well, you been know a, what? I just think overall it's going to be a high-scoring game for both teams. Yeah. Because Carolina's secondary is terrible. So. Um, interesting. My fantasy team has collapsed in upon itself like a dying star. Because um, <laughs> of these injuries, um, Matt, we are out of time for this discussion. We are. Can you believe it? Time flies when you have half as much time. <laughs> um. Good. Well, I hope we solved all the NFL's problems here. Uh, Roger Goodell, if you're looking for consultants, Matt and I are available uh, and very yeah. expensive. You're um, welcome, NFL. Thanks, everybody out there for joining us. We appreciate you listening to these bite-sized episodes. Um, again, if you got feedback, TV at gmail.com or tweet at us at TV. Of course, you can go to our website, TV. Get all of our episodes, past, present, and future. And, of course, if you click the subscribe button, it gives you links to everywhere you can find us on sites like SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio, also on YouTube, and as well as where you can follow us, as I mentioned, on Twitter, also Facebook at facebook.com slash TV. Matt and I will be back next time. We'll even give you a preview. Our next episode will be on Halloween. You're going to want to join us as we talk about all the things we love about that great spooky holiday in episode number 66. But we sadly have to end 65. So on behalf of Matt, this is Sean thanking all of you for joining us and saying how much we can't wait to see you for even more discussions here on a Monday.